Welcome to another edition of the Gippsland Footy Show on SCN Track Latrobe Valley on 91.9 FM. Brought to you by Damon Healy, Cam McFan, this Saturday morning. On today's show, we have Evan Sheiky from the Yulon Yulon North Football Club and Keith Anderson from the Warrigal Gazette. Morning, Cam. How's things? Morning, Strut. Well, we've got some footy getting played in Gippsland today. Bit of a contrast to last week. Yeah, I don't know how. Um, obviously, I was just reading a few things last night on Twitter and that, and Sounds like not all teams can field teams. They've got a few Metro boys playing, or unable to play, I should say, which uh, forfeited a few teams. And I was, um, I had to go to work this morning. And I was driving through Long Warrie, and um, I seen this kid with this ripping mullet. He had he had the footy bag over the back, and he was walking to footy. And I was, and I was looking over at the oval, and I thought, geez, it's a nice day for footy. And yeah, geez, he had a good mullet repping too. I was real Long Warrie bogan. He was <laughs> half his luck. I can't grow one, so. Yeah, well, I wish, but um, I don't think the missus will let me do that, so... Yeah, fair play, fair play. Um, do you want to introduce our guest, or have you got something else you want to say, or...? Nah, nah nothing from me. Let's get a, let's get our guest on, hey? So, we've got Evan Sheiky with us, um, president of the Yulonia Law North Footy Club. Obviously, a club that's gone through a lot of changes over the last couple of years. They're, they're really proactive um, in what they're doing at the moment, which... I know we here think it's it's really impressive what they're doing um, and continue to do. So welcome on the show, Evan. Yeah, g'day, Cameron. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, good. How are you this morning? And how's uh, how's North Gippsland shaping up for the, over the next few weeks? What are what are they well, sort of really, thinking? No, really good. This morning, I'm actually out at Glengarry Football and Netball Club. Um, our witty and the Glengarry committee have been kind enough to let us use their oval for a bit of a Saturday morning train. So. Well, as we at the Waterlogs, so just quickly a big shout out to Green Gary and thanks for, yeah, for their hospitality and generosity to let us out here. Ah, oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, with um, yeah, North Kip is really shaping up next year, uh, next week with finals rolling in. Obviously, at this stage with the um, with the meeting on during the week and with the um, no spectator rule, be a bit tough to control. But um, yeah, we're really our boys are really looking forward to getting out there next Saturday and um, in the seconds and the seniors and having a red hot crack and uh, moving forward in the final series. Yeah, perfect. And where are you guys placed at the moment? Yeah, well, um, seniors are sitting second, and um, the you know, seconds are in the third spot. So I think seniors play Churchill at Glengarry on Saturday, and um, our seconds play Yarram, which will be a tough fought-out contest, a few big bodies there. So be good. Yeah, okay, okay. And seemingly, um, obviously I'm originally from down East Gippsland, where you do hear more of the North Gippy, um, but the real reputation of the leagues is mid-Gippy, is not as strong as what North Gippy is. For you guys to come in and be competitive, not only in the seniors, um, but in the seconds as well, is probably something that wasn't expected. Um, have you been surprised by the the standard, um, whether it may not be as strong as maybe what's perceived or you guys have really improved? Is it something that surprised you a little bit how well you've gone? Boys have definitely surprised in how far they've gotten. Like we come in as a um, club expecting to make finals, but not to do as well as what we we have. Um, but North Gippsland really suits Barry Burnett's playing style as senior coach with um, the free run. And we've got some little fellas that just run, run, run all day. So the dry grounds and the um, quick ball movement really suits. But as for standard goes, I, I don't... North Gippies, I think the better, the best sides in the, are on par. The better sides in... But Mick Gippie sort of drops away a lot quicker than what North Gippie does. North Gibby, you get a competitive run right through the probably eighth spot. And then, um, but Mick Gibby sort of drops around. You've got your top four and then sort of slowly drops away a lot quicker than North Gibby does. So that's the only pick that I've really seen. 
So, um, it's Damon here, mate. Um, I'm just wondering why, um, how come you decided to go to North Kippy? So what was, happened was... Was, yep. was Alan Bake an option or, you know? Uh, Alan Bake was definitely never an option. Yep. I'll just, yeah, we'll add on the thing. Um, but what happened is, obviously, we know that Mick Gifts joined with the Albert and League and as a, that's obviously an AFL fan and what they wanted to do and we, I got put on the spot at a meeting to vote and I, sort of abstained from voting. I said, hang on, I haven't consulted with my members about this. So we sort of put our vote on hold. Not that we weren't interested in going to McGippy, but we owed it to our members to say, hang on, here's the option. We can go North Gippy, McGippy. So we put uh, Jason Price and a few others together. Jason headed up a due diligence committee to get pros and cons from each league, North Gippy, McGippy, have meetings. And this took till about June last year, June, July last year this time. And then they presented it to the executive, myself and um, secretary treasurer. And from that, North Gippy were very, um, yeah, standouts in the way of their professionalism and the way they run the league and embrace community of all, like with their Pride Cup and everything else. So we, as an executive, we put together a recommendation to our committee. Our committee endorsed that recommendation. So then we were as transparent as we could through COVID. We then went to our members and shared as much information as we could about the both leagues, and this is why we want to go from an executive point of view. And in the end, it went out to a vote, given about six weeks, and 87% of our whole community, your North Footy Club community, come back with a North Gippy move. So that started the process of us essentially joining North Gippy, which is really good to, to know that 80%, 87% of your football community have got trust in the executive and the committee of which way they want the direction of our footy club to go. So, really so humbling. With, with Alberton League joining um, Mid-Gippsland, if, if that, like if Alberton League had a stay where they were with, you know, and Mid-Gippsland had a stay, would you have just stayed in Mid-Gippsland, you think? I think this all that wouldn't have come up and we would have still been in Mid-Gippsland, yes, I believe. If it was still the nine-team competition, I believe we would have stayed, but something had to happen. What? Oh, I wasn't hundred percent sure, and obviously that's this is what happened and didn't suit our club. So, with the six yeah, clubs that's fine, in, mate. Uh, you got to do what's best for your own club, and um, obviously you've taken the initiative to do that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, yeah, and it's really, um, it's really about making sure my, oh, I won't say my footy club, our footy club at your Lord North survives for years to come. So, yeah. this is our best option, and we've got and we've got clubs knocking on our back door, such as Glen Gary, TTU, Churchill. Um, furthest we travel is Yarram and Woodside, to be quite honest. And looking at demographic and logistically, North Gibby was a way better suit for our club than what travelling-wise for socioeconomics, for younger families that struggle and everything else with travel and maximising participation in the junior levels as well with the travel and the hardship on families at this time. So that's something else we took into account. Yeah, absolutely. So as part of this move, you've had to change or you've... You- Sorry, I shouldn't assume that you've had to change. You're changing, obviously, the nickname from the Bombers. Um, believe there's some jumper changes as well because there is a clash with TTU. Um, what was sort of the process? Was it a similar voting process? And is that an agreement that you've had with the league? Or is that something that you as a club have done proactively? No, you're right in what you said, Cameron. Without knowing, we did have to have a brand change. But that had to come into... Um change at the start of season 2022 so next year but we thought why we're so proactive we'll get going 
And um, obviously, we'll go with the jumper first. We put that out. It probably was about a oh, four to five months thing where people were putting together designs and everything else. And the design we've got now, I'm not sure whether you boys have seen it, but it's um, red, red and black still with a gold trim where the red and black, obviously, with our bombers still. And then uh, the gold comes back from stems back from brand gold. days before your Law North was actually brand your Law North. They had a gold and a black jumper. So we've embraced yep. a bit of heritage and, um, yeah, come up with a design similar similar to Fitzroy's jumper back in the day with the old YNFC logo on the front of it. So if you want, Cameron, I can text you through a copy and you can throw on the website or whatever later if you like with the two pair we've changed. That'd be brilliant. I was told by my old man who was a proper footy nuff last night that there was an old... Your Lawn North jumper, but I believe it would have clashed with Rosedale. Is that right? Yeah. So what happened with um yeah Zell Blues jumper was the Your Lawn jumper, yep. and when Your Lawn North and Your Lawn amalgamated in nineteen nineteen seventy six, um they obviously took on the Blues jumper, and then when we essentially got kicked out of the Tro Valley League in eighty five, this is all before I was born, mind you. Um, Sorry. We, we went back to the Bombers in 1986. We were back to the Bombers. So the Bombers, yeah. So then the Bombers is 86 to 2021. And now we're the uh, the Jets. We're not the Bombers anymore. Rightio, Evan. I, I want to know a bit more about you. You're uh, still having a kick or you used to kick? What sort of footballer were you? Uh, <laughs> I was an overweight fullback of the twos, mate, to be honest. I know the feeling about um, that, mate. I'm doing yeah, that at the moment. <laughs> a bit of a rough nut. If I couldn't catch the young blokes, we'd try and give them a clip, but they're all too quick for me. <laughs> I know the feeling, mate. Right, well, if if you don't want to talk too much about yourself, who 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 are sort of the players at your lawn north that you know that people go to watch play? Who who are your big players that are, are your better players that are getting you up the top of the ladder? Who obviously you won the premiership in the Gippy in. 2019. Um, yep. The only the only thing I will put on this is you're not allowed to mention Josh Keogh in it. Uh, funny you say Josh Keogh. I won't mention Josh because he got a phone call up us 10 on my way out here to pick up his boots. Until he yeah, left his front door, so he's hopeless. <laughs> but you know that, Cameron. I do. Um, I, I actually love coming to watch... Uh, it's, it's a bit of a little... Barry Burnett's mine. My bloke that I'd love coming to watch. Like Barry's just... He's the essential clubman. The record TD game holder, 38 years of age, just keeps plugging along, and he's a superstar in my book. But he'll play footy till he can't play no more. But on the outside, probably our three forwards they come to see: the Dean McDonald, Dean McDonald, Cannon Hughes, and the surprise packet of this year is young Mitchell Luck. He's just got the mullet that flows down halfway to his backside, and he's just high flying and everything else. And as I talk, this Cannon's just taking the hanger in the practice match they're having. So. It's not bad. Yeah, they're probably the three for me. So is Keenan, what's he like on the footy field, mate? Because I've played cricket against him and he's pretty fiery young fella. He is. He's, he's actually he's actually matured as he's got the last three years that he's been with us and he's just, his run's unbelievable. If he doesn't get it the first time, he just turns his opponent inside out and just takes off and gets it again and again and again. So he's, um, I've played cricket against him as well, Cameron, and he's quite fiery when he gets going, but... <laughs> He's um yeah he's really grown as a footballer, and really embraced what the country footballs are. He's come from a professional sort of power from power and the VFL development squad at Casey, and but we're not the country football club aren't as switched on as passionate. Well, I won't say passionate, but as switched on as they are, and yeah, so he's really adapted to the style of play, and he's just 
oh, he's an asset. Hopefully, we can hang on to him for years to come. Yeah. Where, whereabouts do you, uh, I guess, recruit your players from? Like, obviously, you're a little bit out of the city. Um, you know, a lot of clubs try and go that way, but you're sort of in the middle of Gippsland. Um, where, where do you try and recruit from? I recruit from uh, Trelgan and Gippy League is probably our um, main area it's between the Latrobe Valley and stuff. Looking now, we have got one or two um, that do live in Melbourne, which is um, will be unfortunate if they're a bit... Oh, if the lockdown continued, but Dean McDonald obviously been around five years with us. He came from Morwell. Adam Bailey brought a few over a few years ago when he came over to coach us and really set us on the path that we're on now. But a lot of them, probably 75% are actually local boys. That we all, They all went to school together from Maui right through to Law North, and they're just... I'll say they're brothers. They're not mates. They're actually brothers. They love each other that much, and yeah. So it's just probably local boys that were playing twos five, six years ago. Really, and probably a handful of them are back up in the ones that really stand out players. So they've grown all together as one. No, that's very good. I think that's half the formula. Some of the time is having a close group. Now I know you've worked uh, pretty closely with the guys at Trafalgar, who obviously were another strong club in the Mid-Gippsland League previously, who have moved, and they're yep. much like you, having success um, in the Allen Bank League. Is, how did you work together, and how, obviously, rivals on the field, but when you were going your separate ways, how did you guys work together to to help each other? I was just, just crossing paths with Brett and I with just phone calls and where we are at, what your club's thinking, and support. Supporting each other was through the whole process of leaving Mid-Gippsland, even though they were probably about they were probably six weeks ahead of us in the process and they knew they were going before this all happened but just supporting in general and running ideas fast Brett and myself and a few others and I think as much as we I miss playing track because of that rivalry as you say um, I think they're a stronger club for doing it as we are so mainly just supporting each other and Brett and I still talk now about what the leagues are doing and where they're at they were hoping to have a practice match today but obviously Injuries and everything else, we thought we better not. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But we have we have signed a thing where we will have a practice match every every year, just to keep the two clubs connected. And that's to do with um, in probably um, respect to as well as um, Rob Sapkin who passed away. who was a trust trust footballer and a trader for many years at your Law North. So we'll play a practice match in in his honour every year, and no, keep the two good. clubs together as that. So yeah. Um. Is there any uh, changes coming up for the future? Like anything else, you know, you, you need the ground updated or club rooms or what's, you know, beyond this season, What what's what's next for your Lawn North? We're actually um, halfway through the process. We've got new lights, new 30-metre 30, 30 tower lights around the ground, which really lights up the facility. We've got a new netball court that's been put in. Beside the next one, uh, we've got it in the process of a pavilion. It'll be a bit, a netball pavilion getting built um towards the end of this year. So the count, we've really jumped on board. Council has and upgrading our facilities. So with the lights, our lights are terrible now. We can actually see when we kick a yellow footy around. So it actually lights up the whole gully down at the Coliseum at Yellow North. So it's good. So is there any way you can improve the surface? I've played cricket there and I reckon it was soft in the middle of summer. So yeah, is, I, is that something that can even be done? <laughs> yeah, I, we're, we're actually in... Um, the grounds committee, which is besides us, they've actually 
and Gage from the council and Dan Nichols from the council who's a surface professional and he's going to come up after the season finishes and show us giving us some ideas about the drainage and stuff and what we need to do with new Aggie drains. I'm not 100% all over it, but I know we're in a spot to put some money together as, towards it as a club and the grounds committee and hopefully the council jump on board and we can make that ground a premier facility hopefully in years to come. Yeah, very good. Now, North Gippy is, to put it bluntly, very, very tight at the top. I know Woodside yep. have won, well, they're on top and they've won... I think two or three games by by a point or two. I know they beat you guys by under a goal just yep. before the last COVID break. Who, you, assuming you guys make the grand final, because that's what you have to assume. Who who do you play, and and who do you think is going to cause a surprise? Oh, I think uh, I think it's out of the top three. I think it's out of Yarram, uh, Churchill, Woodside, and us to make the grand final. To be honest, because Churchill and Churchill and Woodside beat us. I think Churchill was four points. Woodside was three points, and then the rest we've beaten by over six goals. So just going from back to the season, I think it's out of those three. And if we use Barry Burnett's words, he, go, uh, we, he thinks his side's good enough to beat anyone on the day, so it doesn't really matter who we play, mate, or, to be honest. They'll get and, out there um, and have a crack, and what'll be will be. Just looking at the percentages at the moment, it looks like you blokes have been kicking a few because you're about 50% better than anyone else. Yeah, it's... Like I just said, we played um, Churchill and Woodside was all under a goal and every other side was... I know the first game against Yarram was seven-goal win to us, so I think any, every, every other week was above that. So I don't need like the spruik, but it's just what it was. And finals a different story and we'll see what happens in four weeks' time. I, w- I was going to ask you about that Yarram game. Obviously, a lot of work had, had gone into these changes and I know, obviously, things aren't defined in one week, but... Having a standalone game at the start of the year, coming out and beating Yarram, I believe it was at Yarram, wasn't it? Yes, it was, mate. Yep. Yeah, yep. beating beating a like a strong side away from home that must have been pretty pleasing. First up, I would assume it was. Um, uh, yeah, I was decided to be quite honest with you, standing with our football operations, Jason Price, watching the game, and with a few comments that have been made in the background that we wouldn't succeed and would be mediocre. It really put a um put a sock in those people that were saying that and um, yeah I was actually surprised we did that but and then again I wasn't surprised because I know the depth of the talent we've got and it really yeah they really shone back on Good Friday in April so it was really good I know footy's uh, obviously one side of the club but uh, how's the netball looking this year? They're really strong they've, oh, they're, they're, they're mid-range we've got our under-17s in the finals but they're really coming along and when I speak of brotherhood the netball's sort of similar to a sisterhood, um, they're all friends. They're all close, and they're all they're all there to have, and they're having fun. They're really enjoying it, and really getting around the club when we have a social event. A lot of the time, the girls outweigh the blokes, and they probably drink more grog than the blokes at times. But they're having a really good time, and if they're having a good time. It means the football's having a good time, and the club in general is having a good time. So, yeah, they're really really going well, and hopefully, they've got the coaches there that they'll improve over time. And um, hopefully we can have three, go from one a junior side in the finals to having two or three or four out of the seven, six grades in the finals next year. So, yeah, they're really, really going well the netball. Beautiful. Very good. It's good to see that your club as a whole is obviously in a pretty strong spot. As you said, there was a lot of people probably doubted you guys. Um, 
I know I was certainly one myself that was interested, to say the least, to see how it would go yep. um, on league reputations. Um, but, look, obviously first year in, couldn't have gone any better, I don't think. Um, but, look, mate, thanks very much for joining us. As I've said to you during the week when we spoke, we're, us guys here are, you know, we're really happy to have people on who are proactive. I think sometimes, you know, clubs can be a little bit scared of change. It's always footy can be how it, how it's it's always been done one way, so it stays that way. So we applaud you for for being brave enough to make these changes, you and you yourself and the club. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for coming on. No worries, Cameron. Damon, yeah, um, take care and thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, Evan. What do you think of that, Strut? It's good to see a club being very, very proactive. Yes, no, no doubt. Um, I mean, they're doing everything right. And like a bit like Traff, I think Traff, everyone thought oh, I would be, like you said, perception of leagues and that, I guess, and they'd struggle. But look, they're sick and... St- oh, I can't even say the word. They're sitting second on the ladder and with a very impressive uh, percentage. And I mean, there's no reason why, you know, first they won a flag in 2019 and... No reason why they can't do it this year if all goes well for them. Absolutely. And that's... It's a hard one because we can lose clubs doing it, which we never want. We want everyone to be as successful as they can be. But I know AFL Victoria and AFL Gippsland copped a lot of heat. Um, But it just shows that good can come out of changes. And if you're receptive to doing it and want to be proactive change actually can be good, which I think I think well, is a good thing to show. Yeah, I guess change has been good for them so far, but I guess, you know, the, the big change is going to be between Alberton League and Mid-Gippsland, yeah. or now that's Mid-Gippsland, and how that works. Now, yeah. I don't know if it's a right or wrong answer. I haven't lived in Gippsland long enough or know enough about that league yet, but I guess that's that change is going to be the big one. Oh, absolutely. I can't see it being the same in five years, that's for sure. Um, yes, and thank you for that. Sorry, um, we'll just go into our first ad break and um, we'll see you all a bit later on. Thank you. Welcome back to the Gippsland Footy Show. I'm Cameron McFan and with me is Damon Strutt Healy. Don't forget, you can text in to our number. The number is 0499 736 736. I believe you might have got plenty of advice in the uh, in the news break there, Strutt, from the uh, Halora boys. Yes, um, yes, I got, I'm copping it from all ends every week, to be brutally honest, mate. I, I get it at footy training, get it from home. The old man rings me up on a Sunday and says, you've done this wrong. And, yeah, I'm just copping it, mate. So I, I might have to quit this job after, <laughs> at the end of this. I must say, I do look forward to the Paddy Garshagan pronunciation later on today. Um, but we'll wait for that one. Yes, no, nah, hopefully. Um we also have a um, local legend of the area who's been at the Warrigal Gazette for 40 years, I believe, I was told, during the week, which is quite impressive. Um, he hangs around the Druin area a lot, and we have uh, Keith Anderson on the line. You there, Keith? Yes, yep. How are you this I'm morning, here. Keith? Got, yeah, got, footy, right. got footy back today. Are you going to report on any uh, local junior footy or senior footy anywhere? Yes, I'm at uh, Druin and Wontaggy. Uh, the uh, ports is just about coming up to finish and Druin have sort of got away and won that by about four or five goals. Um, it's been very good, very good footing, good standard and for this time of year, uh, a very good day for footy. 
It uh, it is a perfect day for footy, and I think the the ground there at Druin's all the all the better for not having footy played on it. So, Keith, do you want to tell do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Obviously, you've been at the Gazette for a long time, heavily involved in sport. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background and what you've done for around West Gippsland for a long period of time? Oh well, um, yeah, the Gazette. I actually started there a bit longer than what I think Damon commented earlier. Uh, I started there in 1965, actually, um, and stayed there for four years. And then uh, the government employed me in the army. It, uh, they just sent me a letter to say that'd be a good idea if you joined the army for a couple of years. So I did that. Came back uh, briefly after the army. Then I went interstate with uh, the ABC for about eight years, and then into the corporate world for. A, for a fair while and came back to Druin in oh, sort of mid to late 1990s. Yeah, well, sorry about um, under saying how many years you've been at the Gazette, mate. It's only what I got told, so I was just going off the cuff what I've been told. So once I get back to my sources, I'll um, I'll give them an absolute earful later on, mate. So sorry to cut you a bit short there. No worries about that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh, been. You know, I didn't have much to do with football on the uh, playing playing side of, of things. Um, in those days, Drew and Drew and only had when I was about fourteen. Drew and only just formed an under eighteen side that actually played in a reserve grade in the Allen Bank League because one of their clubs uh, uh, didn't have a reserve side. Uh, and that was that was it. And then I got into golf and got into, and that was about it. But I'm just actually sitting in a in an office in Druin at the moment with a photo of the 1978 Premiership side with a young bloke in the front row by the name of G Ablett. It's got Senior behind it now. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there's some great memories here at Druin with their with their footy and uh, great history at the club. And right throughout Gippsland, it's been a great... Uh, Gippsland, I believe, has been a great nursery for some absolute champion footballs and particularly sort of blokes I grew up with in the same age group. So did you ever get to watch the great man Gary Ablett Senior run around at Drawn back in the day? Uh, I think I did in that 1978. I was in Queensland, but I came back to... Came back here for holidays, and uh, yeah, no, he was uh, he was good. In fact, all the Ablets were were good players, and uh, yeah. So obviously, and, you've... and the McFans, the McFans were very good footballers. Oh. See, I've worded don't, him up here straight at this. Don't blow too much wind up him, all right? I've got to deal with him all day, and I've got to gonna have a hit of cricket with him later too. And you're going to annoy the absolute. How good of a kick he is, Keith says this, that and the other, so don't, he doesn't need the tyres pumped up more than he already pumps himself up. Yeah, well, I, I did actually play quite a bit of cricket when I was a young bloke with an older bloke, but it was uh, Cameron's uh, great uncle, Arthur, who was one of the best best cricketers in Gippsland. 
So I'll pump your tyres up a bit more, Ken. Oh, that's all right. No, I think they've <laughs> all my older relatives have got me covered there, Keith. So that's all good. We we can move we can move on from that. Um, <laughs> obviously, you've seen a lot of footballers, and you touched on obviously the Ablets, who are renowned around this area for being, you know, a fantastic. Well, more than this area, basically Australia wide for being a fantastic football family. Who are some of the best footballers you've seen in your time, sort of through through West Gippsland? Oh, well, through West Gippsland and a little bit of uh, Latrobe Valley when you had people like, uh, you know, the Quinlans, Templetons, etc. who just walked straight into uh, the AFL sides and uh, Alan Noonan from Warrigal and Peter Knights from Long Worry. Yeah, uh, these days are going through, you know, this elite pathway thing. You know, the good players made it and went virtually straight into senior VFL, AFL footy. But they were, they were some standouts, you know, Quinlan, uh, certainly Templeton, Noonan, Knights, uh, and even going back a bit earlier, the Kevin Coverdales and Brian Royals and uh, the Salmons from Lee and Gather. Yeah, it's been a great nursery for, for football, as I keep saying. Yeah, it has. And... I know, obviously, there's a lot of pathways now. Gippsland Power, obviously, you know, more often than not have one or multiple draftees um, every year. But do you actually think there was benefit to the old system where there was zoning for clubs where blokes could play senior footy before they got drafted? and Well, not drafted, but recruited and picked up by VFL clubs as it was then? Yeah, well, once, we, once the AFL moved to sort of National League... Um, that sort of was really the the death knell for, for zoning, in my view. But I I do I do think it's a like a good talent of footballers. So I'll make the grade, and certainly they're playing a 16, 17-year-old in good standard competitions against men. Uh, I think sort of you know develop them a lot quicker. Whereas now you get guys get drafted and they say, oh, yes, in the next three years we'll develop him into a senior footballer. Whereas, uh, yeah, some do go straight into the into the seniors from that sort of 18-year-old draft, but very few. Um, but the guys who, who went down from Gippsland, they were, they were picked, you know, you come down and you play and you were in the seniors for sure. So, Keith, obviously you watch a lot of footy and you follow drawing and, you know, what's going on in the Gippsland League. If you had to make a tip today, who's winning the Gippsland League Grand Final? Be loyal, Keith. <laughs> uh, well, Drew, have got to get there and what happens, you know, wouldn't know what happens over the next three weeks, months, four or five weeks, whatever it is. Um, but I think William Gathers is the best side I've seen this year. Uh, and Juan Thaggy probably runs runs next to them. Yeah, that's I probably couldn't agree more, to be honest. Um, yeah, 100%. So have you had much to do with the local leagues in your time, Keith? Obviously, throughout throughout your life, there's been plenty of changes to the leagues down here. Have you always been sort of a follower of Druin and just gone wherever they've gone? or? Oh, well, I've been... Yeah, no, I've been... Drew and born and bred, and hard to take uh, 
uh, to take Drew and their little boy. Yeah, no, so I've been uh, very, you know, in, in all sports and activities involving Drew and, you know, I've been uh, pretty keen on what they are. Uh, but, you know, I've seen a lot of things and, of course, reporting on on sport, you've got to have a bit broader outlook and and look at other clubs, etc. But, yeah, there's been... Uh, Oh, massive changes in football where it where it heads. I've got my concerns at the moment, particularly at um, uh, younger levels. But I think a lot of that's to do with uh, the demographics of and the changing nature, technology, farm, corporate farming, rather than the little family farm of a hundred acres where the yeah, the family has have about four kids and a couple of boys playing football and that sort of gone and uh, employment opportunities are a, a bit limited in uh, in the country where guys and, and girls or whatever sport they take have uh, got to go to Melbourne to further education in a lot of cases and for employment. So it's really... Uh, it's really a difficult situation, I think, for country football going ahead. Uh, one last question, Keith. Um, obviously, I was at Drawn at the time when uh, Drawn were thinking about joining the West Gippsland League, and you were a member, you standing up and saying why Drawn should stay uh, the Gippsland League. Can you just give us a rundown why you still think that, you know, Drawn should have, which they have, stayed in the Gippsland League? Uh, I've always thought as an individual playing sport and as a team playing sport, you try and play in the best standard you possibly can and at the highest level you can. And that was my uh, that was my view at that move there a few years ago. And uh, you know, a few people said, right, we should look closely at going, uh, perhaps going elsewhere, West Gippsland Way, um, which has been where. Club and certainly been since uh, yeah, certainly since World War Two or just before that, um, but that'll that'll change again. I think in time, yeah, certainly the western part of Gippsland, which will have the have the the big populations or the bigger populations of Gippsland, and that's probably where the strength will go. Um, uh, things like you know the future of the Latrobe Valley, future of uh, the gas industry, future of timber industry, uh, all all big question marks over them, and uh, you know the impact that has on sort of Latrobe Valley and going east to East Gippsland. Is, I'm not I'm not quite sure if uh, if we can get things that will fill those holes. I doubt it. So. I think there's yeah. a lot of changes just to uh, just to the nature of Gippsland, and certainly will reflect in football, other sports, and other aspects of life. I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I suppose that's what we were talking to our previous guest about about being, you know, clubs and leagues are going to have to be pro progressive, and they're going to have to adapt to change, as as we know it's happened in the past, and there'll be change into the future. Look, Keith, thank you very much. Obviously, you've covered sport and sport in Gippsland for a very long time. Uh, loyal to Druin, and you're happy enough to give me a rap, so I'll take that. Um, but, yeah, yeah thank you, thank uh, you very much for coming on. 
I think the thing with with all sport, um, you make great friendships over over many many years. When you play, and then when you go along as an old bloke like me as a spectator, uh, you still bump in with friends you played with and against, you know, fifty years ago. So it's great. Yeah, it's the beauty of sport. Thanks very much again, Keith. Thanks for coming on. Righto. See you, guys. See you. See you, Keith. Again, Strut, as we've had on the last few weeks, just another person who's heavily involved in sport who, without them, sport doesn't go ahead, sport's not covered, clubs don't function. These are the people that are that are important to your local communities. Yeah, and, you know, Keith's been around for a long time. Um you probably no doubt he'll stop into the drawing local later on and have a couple of that he which he enjoys to do. But um look, you know, he's always been a he's always been lovely to me, uh, Drewin and he um jumps in the car often with my father in law and they trundle on down the road. Um, usually both of them got their window halfway down just having the odd bunger out the side as well. <laughs> and I'm an asthmatic in the back seat coughing up a lung or something. But I mean, he is good value and you know, he, I'm sure he could have talked all day if he wanted to. Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, he's probably probably got enough information where he could talk for more than that and tell you about Gippsland and West Gippsland sport, yeah, as you say, all day. So no, fantastic to have him on. So what, what, we've got a um, spare few seconds. Um, do you agree with him with Lane Gather and Mon Thaggy? Probably the, even though you're at Drawn. So I actually think people discredit Maui. Like, and I still probably agree with him that Lane Gather, I think Lane Gather will win it. Yep. Um, we caught one thaggy on their absolute best day, I think. But I actually think people discredit Maui because Maui are just as good as the other two. But I think Lee and Gath are the best. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. You've heard it from Cam McFan. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you blokes, any chance or not? Yeah. Yes, we are. But we do have to throw to a break, mate. So I'll come, when we come back, I'll tell you why I think we're a chance after the break. No dramas. Well, we'll see you after the ad break. Thank you. And welcome back again to the Gippsland Footy Show. Um, yeah, back what we were talking about before, Cam. What are your thoughts on the Gippsland Finals? Yeah, drawing a sh- shout out or not? Oh, well, we we are. It's just whether we can play or not. Um, my understanding is as if the Gippsland League can't get going by early September, they're just calling it, and that's it. Um, so we'll see what happens. I know they've looked at options of a. Um, finals just going ahead as a five-team final series. I know there's another option where they're looking at finals being a three-week final series, um, but six teams. So Saturday, Sunday's in? No, no. So it'd be over three weeks. So my assumption here is one and two would have week one off. Oh, sorry. I understand what you mean. Yes, Saturday, Sunday, strut. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes I was like, would. Jesus, they're doing yeah. well there. Yeah. Yes, there would be Saturday, Sundays. But yeah, you'd have one and two have the first week off, three play six, four play yeah. five, and basically a knockout from there would be my assumption, which, to be honest, like we're sitting six on percentage at the moment. If if they're going to give us a top six and no, argue, no arguments from here, that's yeah. for sure. Well, it was interesting to see, uh, I don't know if you've seen um, what the ADFL have done. Um, they're talking about that it sounds like finals will only go ahead unless there's a um, crowd of a 1,000, which I find it's going to be a bit tricky to do. Um, you know, I mean, Allen Bank obviously and Traff are probably the two front runners, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, Might continue for Allen Bank. Bit of a drought <laughs> there, isn't it? Probably. Well, depends on... <laughs> 
not in the twos it's not mate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won the last two but um, yeah it, look it, it's just the, the times we're in at the moment and with so many people coming from a metropolitan area and that's the other thing like Lang Lang technically which even though it's surrounded by a farming area and all that it's classified as metro well which... Tanny who we spoke to last week described Katani as a little dot you blink when you miss it and by, well, by right, Sarah, Metro, they're part of metropolitan Melbourne, according to the I, way things are. I work on a dairy farm, and we're right on the border. If a farm was on the other side, we're classified as Bull Shire, and we're on the other side of the road, we're classed as Cadinia. And we've got about 300 hectares of land that we milk our cows on. Like, I, it just it doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, I'm not going to sit here and just keep rinsing the government because so that's what, not what I'm here for. So what you've just said is you're actually on a farm that's taken away from mum and dad farm that Keith wasn't happy about? Yeah, or? yes. <laughs> I, was, I was putting my head down when he said that because, yeah, we milk a lot of cows. and But mind you, it's still a family business. Yeah. So, I mean, we just milk a hell of a lot of cows. Yeah, So and that's going to be a problem down this end of Gippsland with the with the um, Cadinia Shire teams. It's it's going to be difficult. I know East Gippsland and those those leagues down there, they can just kick off today. They can start, albeit with the restrictions, but well, no, the, no Melbourne players, no no borders. You can just do as you please, really. So it's much easier for those competitions. Well, I guess the other big one is the West Gippsland League, which is majority from, you know, Turret and Nano, Goon, Garfield, Bunyip, the list goes on. They're all um, in Cadinia Shire. And, I mean, people live in the city and, yeah, it's going to be very hard for them to be up and going unless Melbourne, you know... And normally it's a two-week, you know, before the next stage happens. So we continue with lockdowns. So anyway... Yeah, we'll have to just wait and see. So hopefully next week we'll have a big guest on and we look forward to that. Um, Thank you for your time again, Cam, and... We'll see you all next week on the Gippsland Footy Show. Thank you.